Welcome to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from the legendary hills of Brown, where the plum purple haze, the one nature herself drapes over the hills and hollers, inspires local characters, artists, and nature lovers. It's as though the hills themselves conspire to create a beauty and culture in the heart of Indiana. Sit for a spell and hear the music. Tall tales. True stories. And current goings on. Brought to you by folks who still know how to sit by a fire in winter. And swim buck naked in summer. Welcome to episode 120 of the Brown County Hour. This is Sarah Lytle. And Dave Seastrom, along with the rest of the crew. Our musical guests this month are Lou Stant and Curtis Moore. Known as Stant and Moore, they have a new CD out called Workaday World. And we'll share our conversation with them and listen to a selection of their new music. We also have another performance from the remnant band of The Unusual Suspects. Essays from Jim Eagleman, Pam Rader, and Dave Seastrom, and poems from Vera Grubbs and Gunther Flum. Our first segment begins with our conversation with Lou Stant and Curtis Moore. Jim Eagleman has an essay he calls The Awesome Possum. And we'll listen to the Stanton Moore song, Outside Looking In. money for my family I don't know if it's day or night cause I spend every hour working overtime working overtime working overtime gonna spend my money when I'm finished working overtime it is my pleasure to introduce Lou Stant and Curtis Moore, who are here this evening representing their latest effort called Workaday World, and they are performing under the name of Stant and Moore. Well, thanks for coming in, guys. Hey, you're welcome. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah this, is a, this is a real pleasure. Mm-hmm. Lou, we've had you in the hot seat a few times here. Yeah, I believe so. Well, I recall yeah. having you here as an author. Yes. And I recall having you here as a musician. Yes. So now here we are again. Here we are again. So, yeah. uh, Curtis, I'm pretty sure this is our first time. This is first time, yes. Yes. Well, welcome aboard. Well, sir. thank you. Thank you. So let's talk about this collection of music, all original, mm-hmm. I assume. Who is, yes. Who is the primary songwriter of the two of you? Both of us, really. Yeah, okay. it's a it's pretty fifty fifty on this. Okay, so yeah. this is true collaboration. Yeah, then. yeah, there are songs in there that are uh, collaborative. There are other songs that Kurt wrote mostly, others that I wrote mostly. Okay, so it's a mixture. Uh, Kurt's a really good idea man. He'll throw an idea at me, uh, like a line like outside looking in. Okay explain kind of what he's thinking about that and he says see what you can do with that and 
There you go. I'll go home and throw a bunch of lyrics together, and that's a, that's how we've written some of the songs. So this is like Lennon yeah. McCartney, only different. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so genre-wise, how would you describe this music? Well, uh, I would say that the basic style is country, which is kind of unusual for me. When this whole COVID thing hit, Kurt and I were just, we had played in the Misfits. Right. And uh, we just kind of all went our separate ways. The Misfits had kind of played their last shows. And um, one day we got on the phone. I don't remember who called who, but we got on the phone with each other and found out that we'd both been writing country songs. And uh, I don't know why exactly Kurt was doing that, but I had seen the Ken Burns thing on country music and Uh. was really, really moved by it. Uh, And so I'd never written country songs really before. Uh, And so I just kind of decided to start writing in that vein. And Kurt had been as well. And uh, what you have on this album here are those efforts. Well, Kurt, what was your inspiration to start writing a little country music? Well, actually, I started writing some country music um, a couple of decades ago, but I never really put them into recordings or they were just kind of unfinished, just laying there on paper. And uh, I got this brainstorm, I think, right before Lou and I talked that I really need to finish those up because we were done playing with the Misfits and I wanted to try something different and see how it worked. And uh, I had been playing bass with the Misfits, but I really liked the acoustic guitar. So I wanted to uh, try that. So some of those songs that I had written 10, 20 years ago, I pulled them out. I hadn't completed them, and I asked Lou to help me to complete them. And through our efforts, we believe we've come up with uh, several songs that have some good stories to them, very basic country melodies and uh, something that you could listen to without wondering, what is that? But you'll get a real good sense of it if you listen to the album, that what we're trying to do. And we're trying to emphasize that men and women who work every day work hard and they deserve something in return and uh so we wrote a lot of stuff about all of that and sounds pretty radical to me it's kind of radical (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, i mean one for all and all for one i mean where do ideas like that come from but we just we have a i don't know what it is about lou and i but when we get together to to perform or to put music together there's a connection that we've never had before individually or with other groups so now we believe we have the connection that we need to perform it and we have gotten good responses from it it's just it's just a little different than what you're going to hear on the radio but uh, it tells a nice story wouldn't right. you say yeah i think we're trying to tell stories more than yeah. anything else i think that's what we're the most interested in yes to tell compelling stories well that is classic mm-hmm. country music it is oh yeah yeah, yeah it is you know I mean, Carter family, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure that our uh, listening audience will enjoy the music that you brought with you this evening. Those of us who uh, might be interested in your music, do you guys have a Facebook page or a website? Or? Yeah. Yes, we do. Stanton Moore. Facebook, uh, uh, Stanton Moore. And, um, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, like three of the songs on there that you can hear. On your Facebook page, uh, do you list where you will be performing and when? We're not very computer savvy, so we right we every week if we're going to be somewhere, we'll put it out there. So we have to pay it real close attention. You better pay close yeah. attention. <laughs> well, we we really should uh, once we get our schedule set up, you know, post it. 
We didn't realize that we were going to be doing this, to tell yeah. you the truth. We didn't know we were going to be performing and have a CD and all this stuff. We just we were just writing songs and practicing together. And all of it, that was two years ago. And now here, this is where we're at. Mm-hmm. And Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, life right. is funny that way sometimes, it right? It is. Mm-hmm. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story. Really looking forward to hearing this CD, and Mm -hmm. I'm sure our audience will appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, one of these days I'll leave this factory, buy a motorhome and just do as I please. There's just one thing that keeps me on this line. Twenty more years of working overtime, working overtime. Working overtime Gonna spend my money when I'm finished working overtime Gonna spend my money when I'm finished working overtime Gonna spend my money when I'm finished The other day while on a walk, I saw an opossum scamper up a hill. The little critter wasn't an adult, but a sub-adult. Some call a juvie for juvenile. It made me briefly recall some of the things we informed the public about the awesome possum at our park nature talks. Namely, the opossum is a survivor. And I had no doubt this little guy did just fine this past winter. Take a look at the opossum the next time you see one poking around your compost pile or woodshed, lumbering down a county road, never in a hurry, it's ambling gait, Almost a sideways walk makes you assume, since it is slow walking, it must be slow thinking and slow-witted. No, its calculating manner has helped it avoid trouble, like dogs and people and predators, even cars, but not all traffic. We tend to see more possums hit along roads more than any other Indiana fur bearer. My DNR biologist friends tell me when they conduct their annual roadkill counts of raccoons and deer also called a polecat, woods rat, or a forest kitty, the possum is a relic of times gone by. We understand that an animal not too different from today's version was living at the time of dinosaurs, if that isn't a testament to survivability. When you see an opossum, what is it that allows it to last all this time on the planet? What qualities does it possess that make it nearly invincible? If confronted, we know the possum's defense mechanism is to play dead with saliva trickling from its mouth as it assumes a curled-up position. And all you did maybe was touch it with a stick. This feigning death act has helped the opossum avoid almost every attack or attempt to kill it. A predator might see it unnecessary to continue their murderous attack if the prey instantly lies motionless, even defecating and rolling in its own feces The predator may give up and move on, and the opossum soon recovers from its sleep-like trance, then continues scavenging and ambling along, sampling all the food it finds while on its hunting forays. And it may be their wide, varied diet that has helped it survive. They are omnivorous, meaning they eat both plants and animals, crayfish, garbage, left-out cat food, worms, bird eggs, fruit, roots, Nuts, garden produce, slugs, frogs, snakes, grasses, mushrooms, salamanders, the list goes on. Such a varied diet, even carrion, 
dead coons and other roadkill possums has allowed it to adjust to man's ever-changing environment. It isn't fussy where it lives either, as we know them to take up residency in culverts, brush piles, dumps, and junkyards, and other refuse places man creates. So if it eats anything it comes upon and lives anywhere at once, you can bet we'll have the possum around for millennia to come. I once observed a mother possum crawl out from a dead carcass in a field. The bloated and sun-dried body of the cow gave the possum shelter and all the food it needed. A quick look inside the exposed belly, I saw there were babies, maybe seven of them, waiting for the mother possum to return. Its 50 teeth, the most of any North American mammal, will certainly help it attack any food item. Hard-shelled mussels, skeletons of small mammals, even dried-up, sun-baked cowhide. The possum is not picky. We know the opossum to be a member of the marsupials, like kangaroos, those mammals with specialized belly pouches for the developing young, born as blind, hairless, tiny versions, then finding their way to the nursery inside the mother's pouch, the young stay attached to milk teats for weeks while she continues her life. There is a theory that the possum helps future generations with this natal attention, a low mortality rate as the young are taken care of in the pouch where they nurse and get strong. Lately, we have also heard of the possum's tendency for pest control to rid the garden of injurious slugs, keeping cockroaches at bay and consuming many ticks. All these admirable habits surely deserve respect than any disdain. And those opposable thumbs? No, it's not all thumbs. Technically, toes on their rear feet called a halix. These digits help in climbing and handling finely detailed food to pick at locks and latches, even to open gates and storage boxes. And the prehensile tail, which is adapted for grasping and wrapping around tree limbs, well, that's a possum trademark. It can hang from its tail for short periods, but it does not hang sleeping upside down, as some people think. They have been observed carrying clumps of grass and other materials for a burrow or a cavity by looping their tail around it. The awesome possum, another critter living in the Brown County Hills, occupying its wide niche, doing its thing to add to our glorious assembly of wildlife, here for us to see and watch, admire and enjoy. Oh, one last thing. Why did the chicken cross the road? Well, to prove to the opossum it could be done. Nature Ramblings for the Brown County Hour, and I'm Jim Eagleman. Thanks for listening. The first one would be, I believe, outside looking in. And as I mentioned before, that was kind of an idea that Kurt had, and he kind of handed it off to me and said, see what you can do with this. So I went home and I wrote it. Kurt... uh, and I probably should let him uh, talk about this because uh, the, the song is about uh, the military, what someone, what happens yeah. to someone in the military. And I think his son or maybe sons have been through yeah, that. Both of my so. sons have been yeah. in the Iraq and Afghanistan conflicts. And I wrote this, wrote some of the lyrics uh, basically. And then, but he did a, most of the lyrics, uh, Lou did. But I wanted to convey a message that the military life is not this glamorous warrior, you know, come home, gung-ho, wave the flag. There's a lot of problems that go with being a military person. 
And one of those is family relationships, spouses and so forth. So that's what this song is about, is a guy who's just, he's trying hard to be, to be a soldier, but things aren't going well back home. So, mm-hmm. and right. that's what the song is about. And uh, Sadly, a common story. It's a mm-hmm. common story. Yeah. Obviously, both of my sons experienced that. So I think everybody would, would appreciate it and understand it very well. I left my wife and little Jimmy at the bus stop As the breeze was blowing up sand My uniform hung tight on my shoulders As I arrived in Afghanistan I saw friends die there in those mountains Caught shrapnel down deep in my heart The thought of someday Home with my family was the thing that kept me hanging on. But now I'm outside looking in, on the outside looking in. Lord, it's a heavy cross to bear on the outside looking in. Kept on dodging bullets on an endless patrol Till one day her letter arrived Saying I can't take it any longer Raising Jimmy all alone Never knowing whether you're dead or alive She said I know I'm breaking my promises But I can't wait for all that we planned I'm filing for divorce Hoping against hope Someday you might understand On the outside looking in On the outside looking in Lord, it's a heavy cross to bear On the outside My sorrow and anger overwhelm me As I'm living down the street in my car Looking at the house that I paid for And watching Jimmy play in the yard My son's growing up without me He got my curly hair and big strong hands But while he's on his way to making a life of his own He's being raised by another man On the outside looking in On the outside looking in Lord, it's a heavy 
We pause for station identification. You are listening to the Brown County Hour on Volunteer Power Community Radio, WFHB, at 100.7 in Brown County, 91.3 and 98.1 in Bloomington, 106.3 in Ellettsville, and online at WFHB.org. Segment two begins with Vera Grubb's poem, Chicken House. The remnant band of the Unusual Suspects presents another radio play, Ides of March, written by Jonathan Golembecki. And we'll close this segment with the Stanton Moore song, 15 Years. Hello, this is Vera Grubbs with the Brown Hour and WFHB. I have a poem for you today called Chicken Room. Another incident story, a true story. Saturday passed, I was doing the morning barn chores. There's a new chicken room in the barn with its own door. The door latch is a simple drop-down piece of wood which slots into a wooden cradle mounted on the door. I think often about the possibility of the latch falling shut behind me. Lo and behold, This morning was the day I hit the lottery. I'm a prisoner of my own chicken room. Meanwhile, the chickens, hens all of them, cluck contently around me. They are used to my presence. I often coo, moo, shrew, and cluck with them. Calling out doesn't seem to do any good, and yet I'm reluctant to scream or thrash around, for I know that would bring out the panic monster. I look around the little space. I start to sing. Something will occur to me, something concrete to use as a tool. Many minutes go by while I pick and prod with a twig through the slats of the door, hoping to push the latch over. Then I look up and see my Savior coming past the barn gate. That was written November 12, 2012. That's all, folks. It's March 15th, a time of changes, some fortunate, others not so much. Take, for example, the getaway weekend of Kristen and Zach. We join them now as they stroll about the shops in the quaint, hilly town of Nashville. Just one more stop, honey, and then we'll get the ice cream, okay? Yeah, well, you said that two shops ago. Oh, come on. I just love these little shops. I know, but you act like we don't have a bunch of artesian stuff back home. Artisanal. What? Artisanal. It means handcrafted. Artesian has to do with wells. I've seen very few wells in Chicago. Yeah, I see. Well, 
you act like we don't have a whole bunch of artisanal stuff back home. Look at you, expanding your vocabulary. Now, what can I say? Mm-hmm. I'm hungry to learn. You know what else I'm hungry for? Yeah, I know, ice cream. Right. I, I promise we'll get it after this next shot. I promise. Promise? Yes, as long as you're a good boy and you don't make a scene. Make a scene? Right. I wouldn't dream of making a scene, Kristen. Why, you know how much I love... Uh, uh, hand-blown glass figurines. Wait. What? Are you sure you applied that park parking brake? Please, tell me you did. Applied the parking brake? My, that does sound official. I'm serious, did you? Of course I did. I'm not an idiot. No, I just have this bad feeling. Would you please go check? I mean, you normally don't drive a stick. I don't want to walk all the way back to the car. I mean, it's like a mile away. Oh, it's... it's and just... I know I applied it. Please, it's just literally a few blocks up that big hill there. Yeah, up the hill, exactly. I'll tell you what, if I did not apply the parking brake, which I know that I did, I will get you any gift that you want. I want a cat. Uh, you know I am deathly allergic to cats. Well, how positive are you about that parking brake? Uh, fine. A cat it is. Oh, we're going to call him Mr. Whiskers, and he's going to sleep in our bed. And you'll sneeze in the mm-hmm. other room on the couch. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look how cute everything is. You will be right out. I swear, in my life, I have never seen so many hand-blown glass figurines. I know. Isn't it precious? First the candles were precious. Then the artisanal soap was precious. Oh. You know, not everything in this town is precious. Oh, oh my goodness. What a precious couple. Well, there you go, honey. You know what the man with the orthopedic shoe says. What's that, dear? I stand corrected. You know, I thought I heard that bell ring. So sorry, but my Harold's taking a nap in the back and... And I was just checking on him. Oh, should should we keep it down? No, 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 you're fine. Uh, he doesn't hear so good anymore. You know, he can sleep through just about anything, uh, except maybe an earthquake. Yeah, well, fortunate for Harold, Indiana didn't have earthquakes. Oh, well, actually, back in 1909, there was an earthquake near Terre Haute that was a 5.1 on the Richter scale. Wow. That's enough to topple chimneys and knock things off the wall. Really? Well, anything more recent? Uh, Sure. There have been some smaller ones here and there, but nothing that big. Which is a good thing, because if everything came crashing down off the shelves, it would just about put me out of business now, wouldn't it? You know, I suppose it would. Now, is there anything in particular? Particular, I can help you find. Oh, this vase is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, it is beautiful, isn't it? Wow. That's my prize piece. Oh, the coloring is so vibrant. Oh, my goodness. It looks just like a peacock's tail, doesn't it? That sweet Tiffany. It's like a member of my family. $8,000? Um, do you have anything that's more like an acquaintance? We're just looking for a gift for his mom, that's all. Uh, we're staying with her this weekend over in Bloomington. Oh, how nice. Where are you folks from? Chicago. We rented a car and came down. My, 
Mom's playing pickleball today, and we decided to go have a shopping adventure in Nashville. And speaking of renting a car, I really wish you would go check that parking brake. I'm telling you, I applied it. Why are you so stubborn? <laughs> it's in their nature, you know. Yeah. My Harold's very stubborn, too. And... He's a very picky eater. You know, she's just nervous because that parking lot attendant said, she's watching. It was creepy. Yeah, well, he was just saying that so he could charge me full price for parking. It was the way he said it. I mean, he leaned in and he said, I'd let you park for free, but she's watching. Yeah, she being his boss at the top of the hill. Kristen's always been so superstitious. Well, it is the Ides of March, after all. Yeah, bad day for Caesar. Pretty much a normal day for the rest of us. Well, you should listen to your wife. A woman's intuition is a powerful thing. Thank you. At two. Really? Okay. All right. If it makes everyone feel better, I'll go check on the parking brake on the car. Better late than never, I suppose. Now, what do you think your mother-in-law would like? Well... Actually, do you have any cat figurines? Absolutely. I have a whole clouder of them. A clouder? Oh, that's an old word for clutter. Or a group of cats. A clouder of cats. I like that. So is a group of fake cats called a sham clouder? <laughs> well, if it's not, it should be. <gasps> what on earth? Zach! Okay, all right, you were right. <clears throat> About the break? It's headed right for us! Oh, dear. Get to cover! Someone grab the Tiffany. Oh, my God! Our car hit your building and most everything is still on the shelves. I can't believe it. Oh, my God. It missed the window somehow and only hit the brick. Thank God. I oh. am so sorry. Young man, thank goodness you caught my Tiffany. That's what I was most worried about. You know, this thing's a lot heavier well, than it heading, looks. Let me help you. Let me help you get oh, it back. Oh, thanks. Okay. Aww. Aww. Looks like all the excitement was enough to wake someone up from his nap. What? Is there a cat in here? Oh, that's my Herald. Did all the excitement wake you up? <laughs> Do you take MasterCard? The Unusual Suspects Radio Acting Company would like to pay a special thanks to WFHB and the folks at the Brown County Hour who produced their show right here in their recording studios inside the Brown County Historical Society building in beautiful downtown Nashville, Indiana. What about 15 years? 15 Years was another song that we collaborated on in a similar sort of way. Uh, again, Kurt has an idea. He throws it my way. I put some lyrics together. I bring them to him. He might add some of his own stuff or, or change it around a little bit. 
But 15 years is uh, another story that we feel is really compelling about someone uh, who spends some time in prison for something that, as all the prisoners say, I'm innocent. Okay. I didn't do it. But it, it really looked as if he did based on the, the events. And then later he gets out of the prison because they do DNA tests and all that. But he— It's a good ending. It's a good ending, but he still, still. feels that he somehow has some responsibility yeah. because he got in a fight with this guy. And if he had not engaged in that behavior, the guy might still be alive. And again, this uh, is about people that work. The guy's going home from work. He stops off at the bar to get him a beer. And before you know it, there's some guy giving him a hard time. And the rest right. is history in the song. And um, Lou did a great job, I think, of putting the lyrics together. And then I ran some of the melodies through him. And we think we have a nice little song there. All right. And tells a nice story. Fifteen years ago I said goodbyes I kissed her on the cheek I said mama don't cry Surely someday they're gonna know I didn't do it Keep praying mama and the Lord might hear it Dead man walking For fifteen years my mind replayed That night long ago when I left work late Pulled off the road to have a few beers That drunk with the grudge and his four-letter words Dead man walking I tried to leave, but the guy wouldn't stop Then a fist fight started in the parking lot And when I left him in the bushes, I heard him call But someone must have come along and finished him off Dead man walking Dead man walking Walking. 
jailer shackled me up real tight Led me down the hall that dark, bitter night They strapped me down, they stuck a needle in my arm Things got dim and I knew I was done Dead man walking Dead man walking Floating up a path to the river bend Flying up to a place I've never been Will I ever see my family again? Mama still cried Mama still prayed Saw a great light that was pulling me along And my friend from Nam who died in my arms He said, cheer up, you've been reprieved And the light turned black and that's all I remember Dead man walking One day later I woke up in my cell Was I in heaven? Was I in hell? The governor called with the stay of execution An antidote got my heart back beating Dead man walking Now fifteen years later walking down the road I can't shake the memory that haunts my soul The DNA got me out of that prison Fighting that man set events in motion If I hadn't done so he may still be alive Good God in heaven have mercy on me He may still be alive And I'm still a dead man walking Dead man walking I'm still a dead man walking Good God in heaven be a dead man walking Now we pause for station identification. You are listening to the Brown County Hour on Volunteer Powered Community Radio, WFHB, at 100.7 in Brown County, 91.3 and 98.1 in Bloomington, 106.3 at Ellettsville, and online at WFHB.org. Support for the Brown County Hour comes from listeners like you and the support of the Brown County Inn a family-friendly getaway destination located in Nashville, Indiana, offering locally sourced food, drinks, and live entertainment with banquet space, indoor-outdoor pool, miniature golf, and more. Information and booking available at browncountyinn.com. Our final segment begins with a vintage Gunther Flum poem, Earth Day. Pam Rader has an essay called Changes. Dave Seastrom shares his thoughts in a piece he calls 
Rain's Gonna Fall, and we'll close the show with the Stanton Moore song, Parts Unknown. On Earth Day, I have seen the news presenting different kinds of views that many people in their fear cannot swallow or adhere. But I don't mean from heads of states, but what folks serve upon their plates. For cooking channels plow each street to find exotic things they eat around the world of any kind, of creatures we won't eat or find in Brown County from our wood that we ain't dined on if we could. Take rattlesnakes out in the west. The cowpokes claim are very best when roasted on an open fire before their bite makes you expire. Or octopus that's hard to chew from elephants to kangaroo. There ain't no critter we won't try to bake and batter, slice, or fry. Like take the famous puffer fish that artists slice upon a dish. When eaten fresh and cut just right, you might dine on or die tonight. Then there's piranha in the jungle whose preparation do not bungle for one mistake, don't get it right. They'll call you lefty by tonight. Or any time you try to peel any size electric eel, after their initial shock, your head is on their chopping block. Or any time you must eat crow, there is something you should know. That where crows gather through the lands, you have a murder on your hands. And who among us would not laugh if served a rhino or giraffe, even if the cook was able to get the whole thing on your table, plus the time to eat it takes might give you giant stomach aches. And there are creatures, I insist, that other people can't resist, like goats and chickens, pig and cow, ducks and rabbits cooked for chow, horses, camels, dogs and cats, frogs and snails, snakes and rats, and I admit them folks have style to catch and cook a crocodile. And so this Earth Day, in my view, let's honor those we cook and stew, and all the critters worldwide in cakes and fritters baked inside. Let's pay them tribute who've been cursed, that we discovered fire first. For on this Earth Day, think the fuss if there were critters cooking us. This is Pam Rader with a piece entitled Changes. My voice has been missing from the Brown County Hour due to a journey not of my choosing. Last summer, life opened up, bringing a sense of freedom. We were all out and about. Tourists flooded our streets, and heck, the local visitor's tax reached $1 million. But like Indian summer, it did not last, and neither did my freedom. The day after my birthday in late November, I slipped on black ice. Whoosh! I was down in an instant. Like an Olympic speed skater, I was sidelined. The pain told me it might be serious. I lay there trying to collect myself. Even the help of kind strangers could not get me up, and an ambulance was called for. Gee, I thought, you turn 74, fall, break a hip, and then you die. Well, that was the way of things in the past, and still is in many parts of the world today. My fears calmed when I realized I had Medicare and lived where good health care is available. What of those not so blessed? Now, all I had to do was follow the process where it leads. Even though Omicron had not hit yet, I was eight hours in the ER hallway. X-rayed and monitored, the surgeon confirmed a broken hip. 
and he would have to insert a titanium rod. Healing would take considerable time. Now I confronted how my fall inconvenienced others. A kind physician's assistant tells me, forget the past and focus on healing. Good advice. My outer world narrowed to me and what my body needed, or rather could do. It required extreme patience and focus to get to the chair and back to the bed without falling. They say social media and the pace of our life has changed our brains, shortened our attention spans, and we can't focus anymore. Yet now I was given just this assignment, cut off from news and responsibilities, no email or Facebook, life slowed way down. A calm center emerged and my clarity reigned. My world was peopled with staff, therapists, nurses, and wonderful friends and visitors who came to visit. Coming home, I set about expanding what I could do. Somehow, less became more. Less to do, yet more time to read and reflect. The simplest of things, such as birds outside the window, became interesting in my focus. I feel lucky my healing is taking place in winter, a downtime anyway, not so tempted to go out especially since COVID limitations are back. I want to drive again, but not in ice and snow. So I contented myself watching the Olympics, connecting to the wider world, something not so easily done in the past. I tended indoor plants and read old magazines, some from the 70s. Young people then were hopeful, filled with ideas to change the world for the better. Such enthusiasm about doing it ourselves, building local economies and inclusive communities. We did affect change. Apparently not enough, as we now confront this unfinished business. Unbidden change alters habits. Priorities must follow suit. If we're resilient, we can build back smarter, more in tune with the now. My breakdown required change and giving up what was not relevant. Just so as systems collapse, supply chain problems, cost of living increases, and we face the unexpected, like wars, Changes will have to be made. If we center on our needs, not our wants, we make a better start. I'm looking forward to the spring thaw. I believe I can build back better. Maybe the world can too. This is Pam Rader, hoping you're enjoying the beginnings of spring. Rain has been a reoccurring theme here in the old Northwest Territory, and we're not the only ones affected by our now all-too-common torrential rain events. Living at the top of a ridge has its distinct advantages, but we are far from immune from the effects of flooding. For us, it's not about getting flooded, it's about getting flooded in. The difference between the two is if you're flooded, 
The water invades your home or property, and if you're flooded in, the water has collected in the low spots on the roads and you can't go anywhere. Obviously, it's better to be flooded in than flooded out, but both conditions have their consequences. The worst of it is when your house is inundated with flood water and all of your property is destroyed. Because we've experienced multiple heavy rain events in the last few years, most of the low-lying property that's prone to flooding in our area has been abandoned. At the tail end of North Shore Drive, just before you get to the railroad crossing and Trevlack, there was a number of properties that were flooded out time and again. As I recall, after the five-inch rain event of 2019, FEMA buyout money was made available to some of those folks, and all but one family took advantage of this opportunity. The folks who chose to stay had their trailer elevated on treated six-by-sixes. And it does stay above the water, but it's completely surrounded when it floods. I've seen it in those conditions a few times, and all I can say is I wouldn't want to stay there when it's surrounded by fast-moving water. Likewise, there's a low area in Trevlack next to Bean Blossom Creek that was prone to flooding even before these huge rain events became so common. At the first sign of flooding, those unfortunate families would pile everything they could into their cars and drive up to the causeway, stay in their vehicles until the water receded, and then return home to clean up the mess. Several of those families took advantage of the FEMA money, and they've also moved to higher ground. At one point, the reoccurring floods in Trevlack attracted state media attention, and on a slow news night that happened to be raining, we could count on seeing the familiar faces of our neighbors on TV as they recounted the tales of high water and property destruction. Whenever that happened, my mother would call to see if we were all right. Time and again, I had to remind her that we live on a ridge top that's 930 feet of elevation, and we don't get flooded, we get flooded in. Our neck of the woods is comprised of ridges and valleys, and the roads that were built on the old Indian trails located on the ridge tops don't flood. But the steep hills lead to deep valleys, and when enough rain falls, the water accumulates in those valleys, and the roads that run through them are flooded out. It doesn't take long for flood conditions to develop. If we have a sustained rain that lasts throughout the night, or all during the day, we know that by the next morning all of the low-lying roads will be covered with water, and there's nothing to be done about it until the water recedes. The length of time it takes to recede is dependent on how much rain we've had. You might think that the water recedes as soon as it stops raining, and sometimes that's true. But when we've had one of these big rain events, the water backs up, and it can take several hours or longer before the roads are passable again. As seasoned Brown Countyans, we know better than to cross a road that's underwater. Sometimes there's a temptation to drive on a flooded roadway, especially if you have somewhere to go. But the danger lies in what you don't see, and it would be too easy to get hung up on a downed tree hidden in the swirling waters and be swept away by the swift-moving torrent. I'm reminded of a story I heard in Maine a few years ago. Some friends were moving a large amount of plywood and two-by-fours on top of a canoe. An old Mainer was watching them load up, and when a friend's asked him what he thought, he said, Bigger fools than you have drowned in these waters. 
That response gave them pause, and they decided to tow the load instead. Crossing floodwaters is a big nope for us, and it's much better to develop an attitude of patience. Sure, there are places to go and things to do, but none of that matters if you have to swim for your life in freezing water. This is Dave Seastrom. See you next time. And then the third song we were going to have you listen to was Parts Unknown. Again, a lot of the songs on this album have to do with working people, both blue and white collar. In America, and maybe some other countries, but in America, we have this phenomena of mobility. You know, if you need a job, you look in your immediate area. If there's no jobs there, you kind of look further out. And if there's no jobs to be found anywhere near you, you can pick up stakes and move somewhere where there are jobs. I don't think that's a uh, just an American phenomenon. It might happen in other countries as well. But here, that's what you do. You go where the jobs are. And this that's just a song about uh, someone who's just not having a good time where they are and decide to head out west and see what they can find. It, it could go back to the Depression era if you wanted to look at it that way. Similar paths. The Depression era, people went out west um, mm-hmm. to try and find work. And they loaded up their cars and put everything on top, their luggage and everything. Mm-hmm. You've seen the pictures and they go out. And uh, some find it and some don't. And uh, in this case, this is a modern day move out west. I'm leaving this town. I'm getting ready to go. I ain't hanging around for no part-time rodeo. I'm packing my stuff, just my dog and the radio. I'm leaving this town. I'm getting ready to go I've got energy to spare But you're all lazy I can't sleep at night This one horse town can't save me Well, I've waited around this job too long And you're crazy I'm leaving this town I'm leaving this town I'm getting ready to go I ain't hanging around For no part-time rodeo I'm packing my stuff Just my dog and the radio I'm leaving this town I'm getting ready to go One thing for sure I ain't taking this town with me I'll be shaking up the dust I'm getting ready to go I ain't hanging around For no part-time rodeo I'm packing my stuff Just my dog and my radio I'm leaving this town I'm getting ready to go I won't stay in a place Where the jobs have died And gone to heaven I'm going to parts unknown and I'm leaving here clean shaven. 
all stay here and play your games I'm leaving at seven Yeah, I'm leaving this town Leaving this town for parts unknown I'm hitting the road for parts unknown I'm headed out west for parts unknown I'm leaving I'm leaving this town for parts unknown I'm hitting the road for parts unknown I'm headed out west for parts unknown I'm leaving Thanks for tuning in to episode 120 of the Brown County Hour. This show is recorded in our studio at the History Center here in downtown Nashville and brought to you the first Sunday of every month at 9 a.m. and the following Wednesday at 6 p.m. and anytime online. Be sure to look for us on your favorite streaming services. The Brown County Hour is brought to you by a diverse group of folks who believe, now more than ever, the world is for everyone. This show was produced by Chuck Wills, Pam Rader, Rick Fettig, Vera Grubbs, Sarah Lytle, Jim Lemon, and Dave Seastrom. We would also like to thank Slats Klug for our theme music. You have been listening to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from deep in the woods of Brown County, Indiana. Celebrating the arts, culture, and nature that make this such a unique community. Visit us online at browncountyhour.com. The Brown County Hour is a production of WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported community radio for South Central Indiana. Take me back, back to my home, Brown County. Oh